It should just be a podcast. What's that? That's with a camera? No. That doesn't have to be. That just sends it out to people. Right. So that's what I do. Right. I do that. Yeah. Okay. I agree. That's much easier. Okay. Um, You're looking at a very famous mimer. It is in. Do you have the book? It's in this book. Okay. So if you want the English. Mayor, I know that without English, you're, you, you, know, you just can't handle it. <laughs> if you want the English, so there is an English translation. Does, does it have notes? It probably also has notes in the book, yeah. right? Probably not so many. Right, okay. So it, there is such a thing. It's in volume two. Yes, yeah, the end of the year. Right? L is the end of the year. Okay. It's based, of course, on the, on the Alter Rebbe's famous mimer, in Lakute Terra and Iludedi Vadedi Li. And, um, but this mimer is, uh, is, is um, very unique in that it explains that idea in a completely revolutionary way. There's no other word to say it. Absolutely amazing what happens in the middle of the mimer. So, you, much of, some of these ideas will be very, uh, will be, will be um, something that you've heard, you feel familiar with. I'm doing review, I don't know enough Hasidus, how can I do review on things that I already know, there's all this Hasidus I don't know, and I'm doing review on something I do know, don't worry. If you never learned this mime, you're going to see something you've never heard before. Anila right? Acronym for Elul, the most famous acronym for Elul, right? There's five acronyms for Elul, but this, of course, is the most famous. I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me, which is a Pasuk in Shir Shirim. Um, the the pasuk in Shir Hashirim, of course, is juxtaposed to another pasuk in Shir Hashirim, Doidi Li Vaani Loi, my beloved is to me and I am to him. What's the difference between those two psukim? Ani Lo Doidi Vadoidi Li, the one you're looking at, and Doidi Li Vaani Loi. Other than the fact that the word Doidi only appears once in the second one, Doidi Li Vaani Loi. What's the difference between the two psukim? Ah, right. Starts with doidi li, and then we respond aniloi. Whereas here it's anilo doidi first us for doidi li, and then response from above. Doidi li aniloi. That pasuk represents Pesach and the time of year that we have just finished, where there's tremendous revelation from above. And we respond, right? Unbelievable miracles in Pesach, HaKadosh Baruch gives us the Torah. Incredible, what's called Isarusa de la'ila, arousal from above. And not a lot of Aveda from below. It doesn't mean there was no Aveda from below, but the Aveda from below was definitely in response to the incredible revelation from above. That's Deidi li vani loi. And that's Pesach. Anid la Deidi vadeidi li, that we'll see is Elul and Tishri. That's now. Tshuva. We start. Comes from us. Umavur belakute tara. It's explained in lakute tara, and you guys, Baruch Hashem, are well versed in the fact that the Rebbe's Maimarim tend to be almost always an explanation of Maimarim of the previous Rebbeim. More often than not, the previous Rebbe's, since that's the Rebbe's Rebbe, but all the Rebbeim. Umavur, there were, there were kufot where the Rebbe was explaining Maimarim of the Rebbe Marash. 
one chassid actually from here in Eretz Yisrael went into the Rebbe and in Yechidus and asked the Rebbe certain questions and asked the Rebbe what, what he should learn. So, so the Rebbe told him he should. The Rebbe told him he should learn Chassidus and Nigla. <laughs> so he said, okay. But he didn't stop. He said, what Chassidus? So the Rebbe said, you can learn what I'm learning. So he didn't stop. So well, what's, <laughs> obviously you have to ask one more question or else you didn't get anywhere. So what's the Rebbe learning? And the Rebbe said to him, I'm learning with my Marmar, the Rebbe Marash. At that particular time, the Rebbe was learning my Marmar, the Rebbe Marash. Why, Dafka? And a lot of the Maimarim that the Rebbe was saying in that Kufa, obviously, were based on my Maimar, the Rebbe Marash, because that's what the Rebbe was learning. Right? That doesn't mean the Rebbe wasn't learning other things. Right? When the Rebbe says, I'm learning my Maimar, the Rebbe Marash, we're not so clear, that, you know, what exactly does that mean? Because obviously the Rebbe's learning everything all the time. The Rebbe finished Shas every year, right? The Rebbe would learn for, you know, hours and hours and hours every day, right? In addition to answering letters and taking care of the world, you know, most of the time in the room, the Rebbe was sitting and learning. That's what the Rebbe was doing. So this mimer is based on the Alter Rebbe, the famous mimer of the Alter Rebbe, but mimer Dibur Maschal Zeh, that's what Rabbi, Rabbi Silberg is actually going to be teaching the Alter Rebbe's mimer in his class. But mimer Dibur Maschal Zeh has shaychus, the relevance, the Elul Anila Deidi Vadeidi Li. What's the relevance of Elul itself to Anila Deidi Vadeidi Li? Yes, we know it's Rashi Tevis, but what's Rashi Tevis? What, of the four different levels of exegesis, very fancy English word, of the four different levels of exegesis, which would be uh, Rashi Tevis, an acronym? What, which of those? Pshat Remez Jewish side, which would it be? Exegesis. Exegesis is learning of the text. So there's four different levels of, of, of learning, right? Pshat, Remez, Drush, Seid. So which would be Rashi Tevis? Yeah, remez. Remez, right. Okay, now what does the word Remez mean? A hint. A hint. Right. What's another example of a Remez? Uh, gematria. Gematria, beautiful, right? That's another example of a Remez, right? Now what does a Remez do? It hints at something. What doesn't it do? What? It doesn't, it doesn't tell you. I mean, it doesn't explain anything. It just hints at the connection between things. Then you have to explain the connection, right? We always talk about it in here, right? We make fun of people every time they hear gematria. Psh. Nothing happened yet, right? That, you know, X is gematria Y. Okay, Psh. what does that mean, right? The fact that they have the same numerical value is of interest, but it doesn't teach me anything yet. All it does is tell me, look into this further because there's something interesting here. That's what a gematria is. Now, in all fairness, some of them are fairly obvious, right? But some of them aren't. You have to look into it. And you know, well, I once heard from uh, someone who's a big maven in gematria and loves to throw them out there. The only pasuk in all of Tanakh that is gematria Eretz Yisrael is a Shem Ish Milchama Hashem Shemay from from uh, Shir Sayyam, right? That we say every day in Davni. Hashem Ishmilchama, Hashem Shemei, God is a is a man of war, God is his name. That's the that's the only Pasik in all of Tanakh that is that is Gematria Eretz Israel. Oh, that's interesting. Now you have to think about that. You know, I mean, certainly no question that Eretz Israel is nicknamed Yisurian. Eretz Israel is is something that is acquired through difficulty and fighting about okay, so interesting. But what's the real I don't know, we have to think about it, look into it. So this Rashi Tevis Elul, Anila Deidi Vadeidi Li, what does that mean exactly? 
Okay, so that's to be explained. The fact that there is this acronym is certainly important. But what is it? So the Rebbe explains. Because Elul is arousal from below. First Anila And then afterwards Vadaidi Li. But the Rabbi now says something very interesting. It's then quoting the, the, the Altar Rabbi. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that's the drawing down of godliness from above below. Isarusa de la'ela, arousal from above. Isarusa is heat arurut, arousal. De la'ela is above, de la'tata is below. Comes up all the time in Chassidus, you've seen it many times. Isarusa de la'ela, an arousal from above. Vedei li. Okay, so what did the Alter Rebbe just say? What did the, Rebbe, the Rebbe just quoted the Alter Rebbe. What did the Alter Rebbe say? Anila Dedi Vedei Li. What does it mean? In uh, Elo, it is arousal from 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 below. Below, and that's Anila Dedi. And Vedei Li is arousal from above. And when's that? The rest, the rest of it. What does it say? Roshaniyam Kippur. Roshaniyam Kippur. Which are in which month? Tishrei. Tishrei. So what obvious question arouses, arises? What about the rest? I know, what does that mean, what about the rest? I don't know. We just said, Rashi Tevis Elul, are an iladeidi vadeidi li. And the vadeidi li, when does the vadeidi li happen? Tishrei. So what's it not part of? Elul. Elul. So therefore? We don't have an answer. No, we have, well, we didn't ask the question, so we definitely don't have an answer. Until we ask the question, we won't have an answer. Once, oh, look, it's up there. Once we once we ask the question, we can we can decide we don't have an answer and we'll feel bad. The daily Lee is part of the acronym for Elul. Yeah, why is it part of the acronym for Elul if, if it's happening in Tishrei? It has nothing to do with Elul. I mean, I, I, maybe it has something to do with Elul, but I mean, Lamaisa said it's in Tishrei, right? Daidi Lee is the revelation from above, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and there's no question that any Jew who has a pulse, a metaphysical pulse, feels more Jewish on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur than any other time of year. However, they define that. Right? That'll be defined depending on who you are and what you are. Some people, it means they drive to shul in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Fine, but they drive to shul. That's where they're driving. They're not driving to uh, the, the, the A&W or you know, McDonald's. Right? They're driving to shul. That's where they go. They sit there. They're bored. They hate it. It's horrible. But they sit there. Right? The parents pretend that they don't hate it. And the kids fetch. The parents tell the kids it's okay.
Right? They aren't necessarily overly observant, so they show up in Rosh Hashanah Kippur. What about people who are, so to speak, observant? Rosh Hashanah Kippur, much more serious. Right? They try to daven much better than they usually daven. They'll start a sentence and realize that they're about to say something that on Rosh Hashanah Kippur it's passed to say. I regular Tuesday, they might say it. Rosh Hashanah, I'm not saying this on Rosh Hashanah. I'm not going to talk about this on Rosh Hashanah. That's real, right? Why? Because all of a sudden we got from... Well, okay, we were somehow open to this revelation from above, but there's a revelation from above. There's no question. There's a, you know, to put it in slightly different terms, there's a different cosmic reality on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Right? There's just definitely a different cosmic reality. There's no question, and that that cosmic reality brings about that that brings about a, a greater sensitivity to godliness. Right? A person who's sensitive to godliness at all times is is a very very special person. A person who doesn't feel any sensitivity to godliness on Yom Kippur is incredibly insensitive. I wouldn't say that about a person on a regular Tuesday, that they're incredibly insensitive because they're not sensitive to godliness. You have to work hard to become sensitive to godliness in the world. It's not a joke. Really hard work. Very hard work. It takes years and years and years. I'll tell you a story tonight in Fabrengen. We're Fabrengen tonight. I'm a short Fabrengen. I'll tell you a story tonight that I heard yesterday that no, Sunday, that just blew me away. I couldn't believe it. Unbelievable story. Okay. So, so it takes a long time to, bring, to, to, to become sensitive. But on Yom Kippur, someone who doesn't feel a little something, I mean, what's wrong with them? Okay. That's, that's Tishrei. Vam shocha shibarosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And the, the drawing down of Elokus that happens in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, he al yedei is as a result of the Sarusa de Latata, the arousal from below on Elul. Now, that can't be completely the case, right? Obviously, there's a level of the Sarus that is not dependent on Elul, but there's a level of the Sarus that is dependent on Elul. Meaning, the extent to which I'm sensitive to the arousal from above in Rosh Hashanah Kippur depends a great deal on my Aveda in Elul. But even people who forgot about Elul are still aroused, I mean, hands up. Hands, one hand on heart, other hand up, meaning you're telling the truth. How many people in this room had ever heard of Elul 20 years ago? Did you ever heard of the idea? Well, I don't know, 20 years, some of you did most, you were alive, you were alive, okay. <laughs> 10 years ago, I'm sorry, I'm dating myself. 10 years, 15 years ago, you ever heard of the idea of Elul? Did you know there was such a month? Yeah, okay. Well, if you grew up with any religious background, then you would have. Your average Jew, ever heard of Elul? Yeah, what's Elul? Right. September, you go back to school, and then you dread Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because they're coming up. <laughs> they're days off, which is nice. And the, the goyim in school are, all, oh, you got a day off, a day off. You see what a day off is? Got to get up and go to synagogue. Right. Day off, some day off. Yom Kippur be a World Series game, and you wouldn't watch it. You'd be sitting in shul, and you couldn't even watch the World Series game. I mean, this is serious, serious matter. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It depends how many Jews are in the class. But you're probably right. Okay. Vazel, and that the Rebbe says, is the reason that El is a Rosh Hashanah and Elul Dei Dili. Shegam, that also Vadei Dili, Nichla Rosh Hashanah Elul, is also included in the Rosh Hashanah Elul. Why? Ki Aisa Rusa de Latata Bishaba Elul, the arousal from below 
that happens in Elul, which is Anila Deidi, and obviously the Rebbe is going to explain what that Avedi is and what that means. It's all very nice to say there's an arousal from below, so what am I supposed to do? Sit here and arouse myself? So what does that mean? He, Dadi Sarusa de Latata Velo, he is Gam also, not only, but also, a Hakdoma Lam Shacha, a preparation for the Hamshacha, for the drawing down of godliness, the Vedoidi Li, Shabarosh Yom Kippur. Oh, so now the Rebbe just answered the question that you asked. Why is Vedoidi Li part of the acronym of Elul if Vedoidi Li is really about Tishrei? Because Vedoidi Li is dependent on the Aveda of Elul. Now, obviously not completely and totally, because there's all sorts of Jews who experience some sort of arousal from above, even though they didn't do any Aveda in Elul. Okay, so there is an Isarusa de la law that happens in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur that is absolutely there and affects people even though they didn't do any Aveda of Elul. But obviously, to the extent that you do do the Aveda in Elul, that is necessary. And again, the Rebbe hasn't told us what that Aveda is. We will figure that out. We'll find that out during the Mimer. Once we do that Aveda, obviously we're greater Kalim for the revelation above in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. But the... But the, 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 the the revelation from above affects everybody. Every affiliated Jew is more Jewish on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur than the other days of the year, however you define that. From, from the most you know, lightly affiliated to the person whose whole life is about trying to figure out how to be an Erlich right? All those people find Rosh Hashanah and Kippur uplifting, more Jewish. Right? Okay. Even the people who fight Yom Kippur Right? Adarab. They do an incredibly Jewish thing on Yom Kippur. They used to be left-wing kibbutzim here in Eretz What would they do on Yom Kippur? Eat pork. Why? Because it's Yom Kippur. Only a Jew would do that. Incredibly powerful expression of their Jewishness. Because only a Jew would go out of their way to dafka eat pork on Yom Kippur. Goyim wouldn't think of it. It's an incredibly powerful expression of Yiddishkeit. Completely verkrumpt, but very powerful. But tzarech beer, require explanation. And this is where we start to understand something about the nature of Elul. Ki mizesh is vav lamed. The fact that the letters vav lamed, reshe tevis li, heim mitevas elul atzma, they are part of the word elul itself, which is what we asked before. Now we answered that question by saying that elul is a preparation for the v'doidi li of Tishrei. But the Rebbe also says, the Alter Rebbe says this, the Rebbe also says that there must be some expression of the notion of, of Vededili in Elul itself because it's part of the acronym of Elul. This is our Rebbe asking the question, but the answer is from the Alter Rebbe, so that the question is, is also from the Alter Rebbe. V'tzarech bir, kimizesh ha'isiz vav lamed, reshetevis Vededili, my beloved is to me, heimi tevis Elul atzma, they're part of the word Elul itself. Mashma, that indicates that Chaydish El isn't simply a, a preparation, something that's Chaydim before that the Doidili. In a Chaydish El, there's also an expression of a Doidili Mamish. There must be some expression of a Doidili in El, otherwise, how can it be part of the acronym of El? Okay, and what is that? Umam Shikba Maimer, he continues in the Maimer, the Alter Rebbe continues in the Maimer. Shikba Elul, Huzman Yud Gemomidus Arachemim. Elul is the time of the revelation of the Yud Gemomidus Arachemim. 13 attributes of mercy. 
generally, up until the Arizal, it was understood that, 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 that the Yud Gimel are revealed Rosh Hashanah and specifically Yom Kippur. The Arizal told us, no, that the whole month of Elul is a time of the revelation of the Yud Gimel Now, obviously, a slightly different revelation than the revelation in, in, in Tishrei, as we'll see, because after all, the revelation in Elul isn't as powerfully a source of 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 uh, uh, arousal in us, Yom Kippur were all much more powerfully connected. Elul depends on who you're talking to. Right? A lot of people haven't figured out it's Elul yet. Right? They won't figure it out it's Elul until Erev Rosh Hashanah. Right? Okay, so it's a, a slightly different expression of it, but. Still, there's a revelation, according to the result, there's a revelation of the Yud Gemomir Zerachim in Elul, and what does that mean? Like, what happened, Shabbos, that changed, again, those words, but they're, they're words that are important words on the, the cosmic reality of the world. The world changed on Shabbos. It became Elul. That means there's now a revelation of Yud Gemomir Zerachim, which does not happen in Av and doesn't happen in Cheshvan. So what is it? Meaning the fact that people experience a certain something in hell isn't simply psychological, right? I mean, you know, cynical people say everything's psychological. The reason people go to shul and Yom Kippur, it's all just psychological. They were just trained to do that. No, 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 no. That's not true. Someone gave me a book called Kaddish, written by some guy who sort of has a... I mean, it's a very long book, and there's no way I'm going to finish it. It's like 600 English pages or something. There's no way I'm getting through this book. But, and it, he talks about himself all the time. But it's a guy who... It's a, it, 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 the, the idea is very... He's a very interesting person, there's no question. And, and, and he's, um, he's a guy who grew up from and left Yiddishkeit and became very, very successful in the so-called secular world, lives in Washington, D.C. You know, he's like a very successful Jew in, that, in those terms. And his father passes away. So now there's no way that he's not going to say Kaddish, right? I mean, he grew up from, he's going to say Kaddish for his father. His father was from, right? So he's not going to So he describes the experience of starting to go back to shul and saying Kaddish and what it is. Now, he's a very, very intelligent person and a very intellectual person. Those two things aren't always the same, right? So, so, so um, that doesn't mean that there aren't... There, most intellectuals are intelligent, but not into all intelligent people are intellectuals, right? They can be intelligent without thinking the way intellectuals think, right? Which is positive and negative. There's positive to it and negative to it, right? So, so he's a very intellectual person, and, and, he, and he's describing different aspects of the experience he's having as he's saying Kaddish. So he, of course, being an intellectual and also being intelligent and also being able to learn because he grew up learning, he decides to find out everything he can about Kaddish. Like, how did this happen? And it is very interesting. How did it happen that all of a sudden those are the words we say when we commemorate someone and we're trying to elevate someone's neshama? How did, how did that happen? And there, there is an interesting process in how it all happened through and and Chazal and Rishenim and it's all you know like everything in Yiddishkeit it wasn't like move on may love in 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 the midbar if someone died people in you know they didn't say Kaddish what they say I don't know but they weren't saying the Kaddish we're saying right so how did that all happen so he goes through a lot some of it's very like you know just you know say it already you know but 
But he also, so he, there's very interesting things in there, really interesting stuff. But he also, he, he just can't help himself but to sort of, ex, you know, throw in the cynical, secular view of it all, right? So he'll talk about the nisham, and he'll say, you know, quote some interesting chazal, and he'll explain it in a very interesting way based on a rishon. And he goes, hell, oh, And he'll say, and maybe the rabbi's intent was, and you just want to like strangle him. You say, no, maybe it's true. <laughs> like that's why they're explaining it that way. Not because they have some psychological intent. It's true. So they're explaining the truth to you. Why can't you do that? I ran into one of those last night. And I, just, right, I read it before the, the, the person who gave me the book is someone I learn online with twice a week. So I always feel bad that he went to such trouble to get me this book. So I, I, I like feel like I should read it every and have something to say about the book when we learn. So, so last night I read a little bit of it. And I, what's wrong with just saying that it's true? So what's wrong with just saying that the fact that there's really service me on Hashanim Kippur, and that's why Jews act different. It's not all psychological, but there'll be people who say that's what it is. There's definitely that aspect of it. Of course there's aspect of it, because we're psychological beings, there's no question. But Lamaisa, there's Yisraelis me Lamaila. That's true. That's the way the world works. Okay. And you don't have to explain it. So what is that? In Elul, what is that? Well, also Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, but in Elul, it's the Yudgam Yisrachamim. Right? The 13 attributes of mercy which were taught to Moshe Rabbeinu after the whole story of what? Well, how was this? When, where did the Yudgim Yisrachim come from, so to speak? How do we know about them? Ketegel, beautiful. What happened? After, after Moshe Rabbeinu managed to bring about Kapara for the Jewish people, then what? What did he say? What did he do? I mean, this is you know not that far in the past. We read it in the end of Shemais. No, that's but that's the way that was part of his davening to save us, right? And then afterwards, what does he say? Hareini noes kveda, I want to see you. What does the Kaddish Baruch Hu say? Okay, puts the puts Meir Rabbeinu in this little rock in a mountain, and what does he do? Teaches him the Yidgum Yisrachim. Right, passes before him. What did Meir see? Famous Medrash, Rashi and Chumash. Right, the Kesher and the right, the Kesher and the back of the Kodesh Baruch Hu's tefillin, so to speak, whatever that means. Why? Okay. And the Ebrister says you can't see my face; you can only see behind. In other words, you can't see what I really am, but you can recognize me within the context of what I'm not. Meaning, you'll appreciate that what you're looking at isn't me; that I'm something else. Not meaning other reality. Right, okay, and that ultimately everything is me, but you're not going to see you're not going to see my panemius. Okay, fine. But he also teaches him the secret to tshuva. Yudgum Right, Svardim have already started saying slichas. Right, if you happen to be an Ashkenazi, so you should say an extra bracha every day. Shaloi sani Svardi this month. Right, that you're not you're not getting up half an hour earlier every day and and saying slichas because Svardim have already said slichas. Now, you know, come Pesach time, you should, you know, Svaidim should make a bracha shaloyasani ashkenazi because they're busy eating and we're, you know, peeling. But, but um, okay. They're saying slichas already. Right. I can't show you. Remind me after class, I'll show you something quite powerful. Okay, remind me. But it's on this thing. So I, this thing is busy doing its sound cloud. Now it's... It's like a man. It can only do one thing at once. <laughs> if they make a female smartphone, so it'll be able to do all sorts of things at once. But a man can only do one. <laughs> right? okay. That's why you call it he. 
So Svaidim is saying they're saying slichas already. What's the what's the what's the and our slichas also, which we're going to start saying in three weeks. What what is the main part of slichas? What is slichas really all about saying? Thirteen attributes. Thirteen attributes of mercy over and over. I mean, that's what slichas is. That's what we just keep saying over and over in slichas. Right? That's what it is because that's how to invoke. The, the divine energy that is somehow commensurate with our tshuva. That's what tshuva is about. Dagam, that even though Shebe'elul hu aniladoidi, it's aniladoidi, isarusa deletato, which is an arousal from below, so then what exactly, why, why are we saying that there's a revelation of Yudgam Amidah I mean, that certainly sounds like doidi li, and as a matter of fact, that revelation from above, when does it happen? When does it start, so to speak? What haven't you and I done yet? Okay, slichus. What else haven't we done? Any of it? There's no anila deidi yet. I haven't done anything. I mean, Seder, maybe I put away my bathing suit. Right, because it's you know it's not Av anymore, and it's now El, and I have to get serious again. Okay, fine, but but what, it, 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 I haven't done anything, and yet there's already a revelation from above. And what does that sound like? There's a revelation from above, and then what? As a result of that revelation, I start responding. What does that sound like? Give me a pusik that describes that situation. They leave anila. So it sounds like someone passed that thing, right? Okay. Rebbe's going to deal with that. That's the hagam, even though. What do you mean, even though? Even though what? Even though Elul is a nila doidi, and you just told me that there's a revelation from above the moment Elul starts, and that revelation is called the Yidgum Amitzadachimim. So, how in the world is Elul a nila doidi? Elul is doidi li. Nevertheless, the arousal from below of the person, particularly when he's far from the Abishter, who al it's through the arousal, venesinus kayach, and the Literally, giving of power. We would say in English, empowerment, milamaila, from above. Now, the Rebbe said two things. He's arus, arousal, and nesin is koyach, empowerment, which are two different things, completely different. He's arus means I'm aroused by something outside of myself. Right? It's not me. Nesin is koyach means I have to do what I have to do, but you've empowered me to do it. Empowering another person, you're running an organization. What, what should you be good at? Empowering people. If you empower people, so then the organization is going to work. Now, what does that mean you empower people? What does it not mean? Matter of fact, it's the opposite of. If you're saying you, he empowers people, what does that mean? He, he gets them to do it he, on he, their own. Right. And what doesn't he do? He doesn't, he, do, he it doesn't do it. Exactly. That's what empowerment means, right? That he's not doing it. All right? He's arus is he is doing it. Who's arousing me? The Abishter is arousing me. Empowerment is the Abishter is giving me the ability to do it myself. He's somehow helping me, but I'll t- I'm the one doing it. Right? Someone once told me he was in a meeting with a particular rub of a very large community. The cook in the shul came in, and the rub explained to the cook which herring was for 
for Shabbos day, which herring was for the Malava Malka, and which herring was for some other event. And then the, the, this person who was in charge of the kitchen left, and he said to the person, there's no one else in the community who can be in charge of which herring is for which event? You have to do that? Why don't you empower a few people to do things? That's really got to come to your desk? Now that's Meshuggah, right? That's not the way you run an organization. When that person passed away, the community fell apart. What? Well, he was doing everything, right? including the herring. Mamish! He, that, he, he, was, he wasn't a marshal. He was telling me something that happened when he was sitting in the office. That he, Three different types of herring. Which one was for which event? Okay, that's not a Nasinus Kirk. I mean, that's not exactly a Yisarus, but that's taking complete control. No, no, no. We call it in English delegating authority, right? If you run an organization, if you delegate authority well, you're, it's probably going to work. If you don't delegate authority well, then the people working on you are going to be, you know, they're going to be frustrated because they're never able to do what it is that they want to do because they never have the authority to do it. Okay. Fine. So he's Yisarus, is an arousal from above where the Abishter arouses in us a greater desire to serve him. Nasinus Kayach is the Abishter empowers us, somehow paves the road, but we have to we have to walk. Okay. Now, if you notice the Rebbe said both here, Hisarus and Nasinus Kayach, which is interesting because they seem to be to a certain degree contrary. And that's going to come up it's going to come up right away. Because we're going to have a question right away. <coughs> so the 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 uh, up until this point, what did the Rebbe say? Elul is a re- in in Oisbeks. Elul is a revelation of the Yud Gemamidas Again, that's based on the Ariza. That's the source of the idea of Elul being a time of the re- of the revelation of Yud Gemamidas It doesn't show up before the Ariza. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. That seems to contradict the idea of Elul being an Ilu Dei The Rebbe has said. Based on the altar, the Rebbe has said that no, because uh, the the is milamayla vanil of 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 the yigum isarachamim is that which empowers us. I'm leaving out the word isarus. Is empowers us for to for the avoda of anila doidi. So it's still anila doidi, even though there's a revelation from above. That's basically what the Rebbe just said. Yeah. Let's start from there again. This is like an air conditioner in a car, you know, when you can't get it right, you just keep turning it on and off. I'm like schwitzing when it's off and it's freezing when it's on. I'm sorry, I just, teaching makes me schwitz. So it's, uh, if you're a little cold, so, you know, bring a sweater, sorry. The arousal from below of the person Ubefrat, particularly Kishurachuk Melakus, when he's someone far away, who al yedeis erus and the sinus kailach milamayla. That's as a result of the arousal and the sinus kailach, empowerment. Now the Rebbe says something very important. Vagilu yudgimo minasarachim, and the revelation of the yudgimo minasarachim shabelu. De gilu izeh, this revelation, hu lakol echod ve echod misrael. Is shaykh to every single Jew. Gamla rechaykim b'yesi, even those farthest away. That emphasis is something very particular to our Rebbe's Maimarim on Anila Doidi Vadaidi Li. The Alter Rebbe does not say that. The Alter Rebbe talks about two different kinds of people. 
people found the famous mushal. What's the famous mushal of Elo, which we're going to see at the bottom of the page? King, king in the field. Okay, what does that mean? The king is in the field. In other words, that's, the Yudgum, that's a mushal for the Yudgum Yisrachim. The, the Melech makes himself available. But for whom? For the people in the field. Aye, what if you're in the Midbar? What if you're in the desert? There's no king there. Our Rebbe just said, even those farthest away, where would those people farthest away be? So to speak, the spiritual desert. They're not in the field. Aye, they're going to have to leave the desert and go to the field, but the revelation is as relevant to them as it is to anybody else. You don't have to be in the field, even if you're farther away. The Rebbe says it here, but the Rebbe's going to say it explicitly later on. <coughs> even those farthest away <coughs> who is now you'll notice a word is missing here what's Nasinus Kayach? empowerment what isn't it? what word isn't here? an arousal it doesn't say it's arousal it says only Nasinus Kayach who in Nasinus Kayach it's an empowerment above for the Aveda of Anila Deidi. That's why it's still Anila Deidi. Even though there's a revelation from above, it's still Anila Deidi. Because, and the Rebbe's going to say this in the next line, it's only an empowerment. It's not an arousal. So, of course, the question arises, so why did the Rebbe say arousal above? We'll get there. That'll happen in three pages. We'll answer that question. Right? So, don't worry about it at this point. Elo shagilu shebe'elul hu be'ikir that Be'ikr is sort of important because we're going to come back to Isarus, but in the meantime, we're leaving Isarus behind completely and totally. Rak, only Nesinus Kayach. It's only a Nesinus Kayach. It's only an empowerment. V'loy and not Shagilui Adam. And not that this revelation arouses the, per- in the person. Like what? What's an example of a revelation arousing a person? We talked about it and you know. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Bidiyuk. There's a revelation from above that arouses in every single Jew a greater connection to the Yiddish guy, every affiliated Jew. We don't know what goes on in the mind of the so-called non-affiliated Jew on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Right? Do they know it's Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? Who knows? Not sure. Right? Okay. Right? Are they dafka not going to shul? Okay, so then there's an arousal from above that's affecting them. They're dafka not going to shul today. That never happens throughout the whole year. There's never a Shabbos where they dafka don't go to shul. They just don't go to shul. They don't even think about it. Hashem <laughs> Kippur, they think about it and they dafka don't go. Okay, that's a very Jewish thing to do. Right? How many people are there like that? Don't know. I mean, who will know? It's hard to know, right? In the town that I grew up in, I found out this statistic. It's an interesting statistic. Right? Jewish Jewish, I guess, sociology is, I don't know, whatever. An interesting statistic. When I grew up, there were 8,000 Jews in the, in the town. Rosh Hashanah Kippur, 5,000 seats were sold in all of the different houses of worship or, you know, whatever, right? From the reform, there, there was a small reform temple. There was an enormous conservative shul that had an overflow minion in the Jewish community center, right? And, uh, and uh, a fairly large Orthodox synagogue. N- none of the people in the Orthodox synagogue were what you and I would call Orthodox, but I mean, they, you know, when they went to shul, they went to an Orthodox shul. Right? They, they didn't drive, or they parked three blocks away. Whereas the conservative shul, the parking lot was full, and the, you know, the, the doctors got to park in the parking lot across the street, which was the hospital. That was, you know. 
So the doctors would park in the hospitals, everybody else could park in the shul parking lot, which was full. Right? I don't think there was a parking attendant, but I don't know. Who knows? Right? Okay, but everybody was in shul. It's interesting, right? 8,000 Jews, 5,000 seats. Now, the other 3,000 people were probably kids. Right? I mean, there's kids who you don't buy seats for because they cost money. Right? Five, that means everybody bought a, bought a seat. I was talking to the shaliach, this is about a ten, 10 years ago, I was in the car with the shaliach, in, in the head shaliach in Vancouver, and we were smoozing about, you know, Yiddishkeit in Vancouver, he's been there for close to 40 years, so he's seen a lot of, he's seen a whole generation and a half of change. He said, so new, what, what's happening? He said, well, one interesting statistic that we just discovered, there are now close to 30,000 Jews in the lower mainland, in this you know, general area. Obviously, a lot have moved out of town because they can't afford it, right? Like, you know, demographics. Okay. There are 30,000 Jews in, in the area. How many tickets do they sell at Rosh Hashanah and Kippur? 6,000. That means no one's going to shul. Well, not exactly no one. Still 6,000 people are going to shul. That's a lot of people. But what are the other 24,000 doing? So that's an interesting question. Don't know. Now, some of them are kids who are the kids of the people who bought the 6,000 tickets. Okay, so So let's say there's 20,000 people who are unaccounted for. Well, what are they doing? Don't know. Are they experiencing some Jewish arousal? You never know. But definitely those 10,000 are. And that's very interesting. Because that's Rosh Hashanah Kippur. That's the nature of it. It's an arousal from above. Because on a regular Shabbos, <clears throat> I guess there's 200 people in shul. All the shuls, all the Orthodox shuls put together. The conservative shul, I don't know. I don't know. But the Orthodox shul is probably 200 people between the... There's a couple of Chabad houses and there's an Orthodox shul. A couple hundred people in shul. It doesn't arouse us. And the Aveda itself, Adam comes from the person, Still Anila Daidi. Even though there's a revelation from above, it's still Anila Daidi because it's only an Asinus Kayach and it's not a Yisarus. Right? We know what those words mean? We should. Okay? True? That's what the Rebbe just said. And this is And this is the advantage of Elul over, and that acronym for is something you'll see very often in the next month and a half, because you're going to be learning a lot about the Tshuva next month. For the, the ten days of Tshuva, and particularly that the revelation is in such a way, even a way, a fashion, that it arouses a person. A person goes to shul. A person feels different. And, and, and the person who goes to shul every single day, davens much more seriously on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Right? Every, everybody feels more Jewish on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. There's no question. <laughs> there's, a, there's an energy that arouses in us a much more powerful connection to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That energy is Bekav Hayira, it's on the kids, that's why they're called days of awe. Yemin Neroim. It's the Kav of Yira. Whereas Sukkis, that energy is the Kav of Simcha and Ava. Okay, but there's, there's no question that there's an arousal from above. Shabbat you may tshuva. Ubefrat Shanim Kippur. Hagilui, the revelation who even in such a way that it arouses a person. 
Therefore, I certainly can't in any way, shape, or form define my Avedis Hashem by virtue of the davening that I do on Yom Kippur. It's not who I am. I wish that's who I was. I wish I were that connected and that sensitive all the time. But I'm not. Metzi Yom Kippur, what are the first words of, out of our mouth when we start davening? What have I done? <laughs> what did I do already? Already I'm asking for forgiveness. What did I do? Right? There's some, there's some, actually, it's brought in Svar, and there's some people who say, you know, because people ask, like, why am I saying Vurachum? I just finished Yom Kippur. It's three minutes later. I haven't done anything yet. I get, I get Marv tomorrow night. A huge Vurachum, because who knows what I did in that, that, that day. But right after Yom Kippur, Vurachum. So it's actually Mepharshim. We're saying, well, maybe I stepped on someone's foot while we were dancing after Yom Kippur. I mean, I would have done something. But I mean, I don't, need, yeah, obviously, I'll be Panimis. I don't need an Aveira, Chas Vishalom, to, to, to need to come closer to the Abishtim. Right? What, the, what did the, what did the, the famous story of the Friedrich Rebbe and the, and the Rebbe Shab, his father, were, were walking together right after uh, his Metzi Yom Kippur, and they were going to, to make Abdullah and eat something. And the, uh, the Friedrich Rebbe asked his father, No, was yet? What now? And what was the famous answer? Now we have to do chuf. Now it starts. <laughs> and it didn't seem, we just like cleaned ourselves up. Now we have to get serious. Uh, now, obviously, Rebbe Shab cleaning himself up is not quite like you and I cleaning ourselves up, but because uh, he's an adult, we're children. Children get really dirty. Adults tend to say, stay a little cleaner. Unless they play children's games. And the service of a person in Tishrei? He is? What's Tetzah? What does it mean? Uh, result. Result. Right? Something that comes out of something. A result. A Tetzah From the revelation from Bible. Remaya Veda and Yom Kippur is because it's Yom Kippur, not because I'm holding there. The Iker Inyan Vamaila and the Iker Inyan and the Maila, the Veda Sa'adam of a person's Aveda himself, Aveda Bekech Atzme, the Aveda that comes from himself, Anila Daidi Ube Elul. That's Elul. Okay. Anila Daidi Vedaidi Li Roshitevis Elul, the first two Isis. Right? Anila Daidi is the Aveda from below. Daidi Li is the arousal from above, and that's Rosh Yom Kippur. That's the first shot. Aye. Why is Vedeidi Li part of the acronym of, of, of Elul? Because there's the, the arousal from above of, of, of Tishrei, Vedeidi Li, is dependent on the Aveda of Anila Daidi in Elul, so it's connected to Elul. Aye, but there must be a more powerful expression of Vedeidi Li in Elul itself. Yes, there is, and that's the Arizal. The Arizal says that, I mean, quoted by the Alter Rebbe, that there's the revelation of Yudgim Yisrochim in Elul. Aye, if there's a revelation, so why isn't it Vedeidi, then why isn't it Daidi Li Vaniloi, just like Pesach? Right, and what's our answer? It's only a um, and it's not a um. It's only Natinas Kayach and not uh, like not a. Uh, heat or a root. With you. That's the answer, right? It's only Natinas Kayach and it's not a heat or a root. He's a ruse, right? That's our answer. Okay, we have th- two minutes. Let's go a little further. Just to see what's, what's happening next, you'll know what's going to happen tomorrow morning. There, there's a Bezer Shema for bringing tonight, but it, 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 it's, it's not going to go late, and there'll be chassidus tomorrow morning, okay? <clears throat> if at the end of the Ferbrengen we are all sitting at the Ferbrengen, we decide we want chassidus now, and then so we can sleep in an hour later, who knows? Maybe we'll decide that, but that, there's chassidus. That's what's happening. Tomorrow morning at some point. No, but it will, the, the Ferbrengen won't go late. 
And in order to explain these two ideas, now you say, what two ideas? Baruch Hashem, the Rebbe tells us what two ideas, so we don't have to remember what we just learned. Baruch Hashem, he has a lot of Rachmanas on us. Regarding the revelation of the 13 attributes of mercy, the Yudga Misarach Vimanel. So now what were the two things? What are, what are the two things we said? One, we, one, one Gabi just told us that what? It's, a, it's an A and not a B. That it's Nesinus Kayach and not Hizar. So what's the other thing the Rebbe said? He, he threw it out there. It's true. He didn't emphasize it. The Yudga Misarach For whom is it? Who's affected by that relationship or who can be affected by that relationship? Absolutely. Everybody. Even... Those farthest away, right? The Rebbe said that. Now, he didn't emphasize it, but he said it. So now the Rebbe's going to say, those are the two things we know about Yudgim Yisrachim. It's for everybody, and it's only in Asinus Kayach, it's not Yisarus. Now, it is interesting, this is, the Rebbe's going to say that again. That'll be the third time the Rebbe told us it's only in Asinus Kayach, after telling us that it's Yisarus in the first line. Okay, that's on the back burner, that question. It's not going to be answered for a few pages. I mean, it's not a question the Rebbe asked, it's a question we asked. Why did the Rebbe say that? Let's just see this quickly, and then we'll stop. These two ideas, these two ideas regarding the revelation of the Yudgim Yisrachim Shabelo Aleph Shagilui de Elohu Lekol Echad VeEchad. The revelations for every single one Gamla Rechakim BeYisur, even those farthest away, and Shafal Pikein. Nevertheless. Hagilui Adam. The Gilui does not arouse the person. It's only a, an empowerment. Two things. There, in relative to that, Mamshik by Maimer will finish this line. He continues in the Maimer, the Alter Rebbe. The revelation of the Yudgim Yisrachim Shabelu. Who dugmas Melech It's like the king in the field. Okay, and the Rebbe's not going to explain that. That Moshe will see that tomorrow morning. Okay?